you get to choose who you work for. You get to choose what you get paid. You get to choose when you're done with something. And this is the best part. So let's take advantage of it. Let's not like, this is one of the top perks of freelancing in my mind that I get to choose what I want to work on. Welcome to the Kenza Pod. Kenza Collective is a platform designed to inspire and support parents who work as independent contractors. We are a community of like-minded parents united in our vision that career and parenthood can exist in harmony. So whether you're thinking of taking the leap into freelancing, you're a seasoned freelancer looking to learn more about how to run your business, or you're anything in between, we welcome you. Together, let's reinvent what it means to be a working parent. My name is Tiffany Jones. I am the founder of Kenza Collective, and I am so excited that you're here with us today. I am here with Beth once again. Hello, Beth. Hey there. Happy to be here, <laughs> Tiffany. Woohoo! Woo! So today, <laughs> we're way too fired up to talk about this topic. <laughs> no, really. It's, it's fun already, and we haven't even started. <laughs> so we're talking about the when the why and the how to fire a client. And this is something that's really near and dear to my heart. And it's not necessarily, I think the word firing a client or the word just firing anybody sound, can sound really dramatic. Um, and it doesn't have to be dramatic. And so we're going to talk about that. Um, is this something you've had to do, Beth, in your, in your client work? I, I have. I mean, you can't be in business as long as I have and not have some, some transitions, as we say. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and likewise, it can go either way. Sometimes you're not the right person for a client after some time either. Um, one of the things I've experienced uh, in, in this time is that, you know, uh, you could, I could be doing the accounting work for this company, and then they suddenly get to a place where they're realizing, you know what, we need a full-timer here. So can we transition you out and transition someone else in? And I got to tell you, the times when people have just been upfront and honest about it have 100% of the time been absolutely fine. Um, it's when people start doing like, I'm afraid to talk to you about this and start doing weird stuff that, that, that it becomes an issue. You know, and so I'm just going to say from the outset, honesty and integrity and just being really upfront and uh, honest in a kind way about what you want is really a, always a good strategy with either the needing to separate from a client from the freelancer's point of view or from the client's point of view. And also realize that if, you, if you're a client and you have someone that's on as a freelancer, they're going to need a little time to, uh, to, to transition as well. So if you can give them a heads up a month or two weeks or some amount of time and just say, hey, listen, what we're thinking of doing is, and, and then that gives your, your freelancer some time to replace you. Um, so we just, we never want to put people in lurches. The one exception to that, and I will just say this as an aside, one exception to that is if you feel unsafe or you see something illegal going on, and in which case you need to get out of there and <laughs> deal with it the way you deal with any other emergency. But other than that, you know, try as much as you can to just keep it uh, a win-win in these transitions. Yeah, I like that because if you're feeling like you're ready to transition out for whatever reason, 
um, you know, you may be surprised that maybe your client's feeling the same way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, especially when you're with a client for a while, even if a while is six months, sometimes you can go, you can do a lot of stuff in six months or even three months. Sometimes you develop sort of a rapport, almost borderline friendship or just, you know, a good relationship with this person. But for whatever reason, it's just not working for one of you. And so it can be really hard and you end up staying. It's, I mean, it's just like any other relationship. You end up staying longer than you probably should sometimes. And it's simply because one or both of you just can't be honest with the situation. Um, yeah. And it just always ends up better afterwards. It's always like a fresh, a breath of fresh air once you actually just do it and think, oh man, I should have done that a while ago. Yeah. It wasn't really that big have, of a deal. Why didn't we have this talk six months ago? <laughs> But I, I will give you an example. So, so this is a real life example. Um, so I had a client and they brought me in because uh, their accounting was a disaster. And actually I was, I was introduced by a third party who said, you know, go, go help this person. They need some help. They were just complaining to me that their accounting is a disaster. So um, I went in to help them and um, cleaned everything up worked with them for probably about two years. And it seemed as if my part of the job was done. And like, really, they sort of didn't need me anymore. In fact, he was, the person was starting to give me kind of silly projects that didn't really have anything to do with the reason I was there in the first place. You know, it was like, can you help me with this other project? And it was like, that's, really not accounting. And that's not really my area, you know, so it started to be like, you know, I like having you around to help me with stuff, but you know, I, and then the other problem was it was, there started to be a lot of demands, but then like not really wanting to pay the bill for the amount of time that I was starting to need to put in for all these things that they wanted done. So it just so happened that we were at a really good breaking point, a really good transition point. We had just finished a year. We had just gotten their tax stuff off to the tax person. And we had um, really, we had come full circle. We had gotten them back on track. We had gone through two years now of tax returns and things were in pretty good shape. And I said to them, you know, um, this would probably be a good time for you to find somebody else because we're, we're, you know, we're caught up, we're cleaned up, we're caught up, we're in compliance every way we need to be. How about, you know, cause they were starting to say, well, how come your bill was so high? And I thought you were only going to charge me this amount. And, you know, they're forgetting that they've just asked me to do all these other projects too. Um, so I just said, you know, I think this is the time for you to start looking for someone else. And, um, and they did, and they found someone else. And I said, and I will be absolutely happy to help train that person. But I also have some other things that I'd like to be doing. And uh, I'd like to move on and, and, and start doing some of those other things. And so it worked out great. The person uh, who replaced me called me a bunch of times. We walked through some things. We got them situated. Um, and then after about three or four months, they were, they were ready and they were doing it and they, you know, I didn't hear from them anymore. And so that was a successful transition. Yeah. I think that that's such a great example of how, how not scary this can be and how listening to your 
intuition about a situation and, and finding the right timing. I always picture it like, um, did you ever do double Dutch when you were mm-hmm. growing up, like double mm-hmm. Dutch and you had to wait until you could jump in the jump rope to the, for the right moment. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I think about it like that because what could have been a different situation is that you didn't listen to your intuition. You started feeling frustrated that this person was asking you to do more than you ever really wanted to be doing. They were then balking at your bills and it could have gotten chippy and weird Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you would have been frustrated and you would have gone down this path that like was completely unnecessary to go down and could have resulted in a burned bridge or many other number of dramatic drama in your life that you don't need. Yeah. Um, So that was, you know, really finding the right time and listening to your intuition is something we're definitely going to talk about a little bit too. Yeah. And, and the other thing is when you, you can, I've developed through the years, a better sense of knowing when things are going in the wrong direction. So I, I find that if you can have that conversation earlier rather than later, there's not going to be resentment on both sides. You know, if, if it just starts to feel like, you know, wait a minute, why am I here? I'm doing all this stuff that I don't think I was really hired to do. That's, that's the time. And, and plus, I don't necessarily need to work for this person right now. I have uh, plenty of other clients and other things going on. This is not really a fit for me. And that, that's, I think, when to start having that conversation. And it's okay. I mean, the other thing that happens um, is you say to someone, this is not a fit for me and I'd like to leave. And they say, oh, no, what will we do? And you can always say, well, I will stick around until my replacement is trained. And that way, there's a few more months for you to transition out financially. And there's a few more months for them to have the reliable work being done well, the looking happens. And you can't do that if you've gotten to a point where you're screaming at each other. Exactly. You can, you can transition out if you're doing it in a, in a thoughtful way. Yes. Yeah. And then that leaves everybody on a really good, um, you know, really good position. And you can always, now you know you can come back to that person if you are in a spot where you're looking for a little extra work or you want to touch base with them or whatever it is, you have that there to fall back on if you need to in the future. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love that. Great story. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. So one of the most important concepts that I've really been digging into and thinking about ever since I went out on my own as a freelancing parent specifically is that there is something even more powerful and more important than managing our time. And I think what that is, is energy management. So this is my experience. I'm sure a lot of you parents out there can relate that it doesn't really matter too much if I have perfectly time blocked my day and the day has gone exactly according to plan, which that never really happens, but let's just say it did. If I'm spending a tremendous amount of emotional and mental energy on a particular client or a couple of clients, I am just completely wiped out by the time I'm done with my work day. And it doesn't matter if I've worked one hour or 10 hours. If I am working with a client that is just draining me, um, what happens is that when I finally get done with my work day, I'm not showing up very well for myself, for my husband, for my daughter. I'm distracted. I may be frustrated or I'm dwelling on something or my head's just not there. And it's because And, you know, you're going to have days like that every once in a while, but sometimes with a particular client, you can find that like that starts to become every time. 
Um, and it doesn't mean that they're like a, they're a bad client, you know, maybe they're not doing anything wrong. It just is, that's yourself telling yourself that, you know, maybe it's time for you to transition out of this. Maybe it's, there's something about this you're not liking, try to figure out what that is and try to work on a plan to get out of that. And sometimes you can figure out what it is. Like, for example, if you have a client who just constantly pays you late, just all the time pays you late, like that wears on you, no matter how much you love the client, no matter how much you love the work, if you are constantly having to fight to get paid, that can really wear on you, but that might be a solvable problem. And if you could solve that, then the relationship could be, you know, rebounded. But if it's something where like, you just don't like the work you're doing, or in your case, you're starting to do stuff that you, you were never brought on to do. You're not interested in doing, you didn't really sign up for like, that might be a sign to move out. So back to this energy management piece, you know, it has been really crucial for me to make sure that I fiercely protect where I'm spending my energy. And personally, that extends into my personal life and my business life. So that extends to people I'm around, friends, family, whoever's in my life. I'm really protective of the energy that's being spent on those people because when that sucked out, I don't bring that to my daughter and to my husband and to myself. And, and that's not okay for me. And right now I'm putting together this three-part course. It's kind of all about how to run your freelance business, like an agency. And we're going to be covering client management, proposal writing, and managing your day-to-day as a freelancing parent. And this theme of energy management really goes throughout every single thing. So when we talk about firing clients, it's not necessarily always about them being a bad client. Sometimes it is about that. But in my mind, it really comes down to just managing our energy wisely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And pacing yourself too. Pacing is really, really important. Um, And (laughs) one of the things I do for fun is I go out and I row in the ocean and, um, one of the things I participated in in the past is these marathon races where we row across the Monterey Bay, which takes, which is about 22 nautical miles. And it takes about four, four hours, four and a half hours. And it's a perfect example of how you just have to take it one stroke at a time. And if you go out really hard in the beginning and you start, you know, just being like, we're going to beat everybody. um, You, you, you crash after about an hour because you can't maintain that. So you have to go out and kind of slowly and pace yourself and think about it and be thoughtful about your breaks and be thoughtful about um, keeping your energy up with making sure you're having a little bite to eat about once an hour and you're having a break to put bandages on your hands or whatever it is you need. And just always thinking about the idea of, you know, moving along at a good pace, but then also allowing for breaks and allowing for yourself to have a little rest and allow, allow yourself to have something to eat. You know, all of that stuff is all part of energy management. And, you know, business, owning a business is a long haul exercise. It's not a quick thing. You know, you're not going to immediately like start a business and then a million dollars will fall on your lap. I mean, it's, it's a process, you know, and you're going to start off and you're going to have to get going and then you're going to have to learn and grow. And it's a multi-year process. And so it is really important to manage your energy, do things in a smart and thoughtful way, pace yourself, you know, don't burn yourself out. And, and that's true with clients too. You may love a client when you first start working with them and you may feel like, oh my gosh, I want to spend, you know, 20 hours a day with this person. 
that's going to get old really fast. So even if your client is all excited about, you know, I want to do this, I want to do this, and I want to do this, try to be uh, the person in the relationship who keeps things in perspective, right? Because if you're only working with one client at the expense of everyone else, it's really going to burn the rest of your clients, and it's also going to tire you out. Yeah, absolutely. I loved that, um, that analogy just now. So to kind of test whether or not you, um, you know, if your intuition is first saying like, Hey, maybe this client is one that I should probably fire, then yeah, the answer is probably yes. But the other thing that I like to do when maybe I'm sort of questioning myself is I like to sit down and ask myself a question and go through a little exercise. And I like to say to myself, okay, just sit down, take a deep breath, maybe close my eyes and just picture and feel what would it feel like if this client was no longer in my life or I didn't have to talk to this client anymore for a while. What does that feel like inside? Just imagine that reality. And a lot of times it feels really good. And it feels, sometimes you feel a sense of relief. Sometimes you feel like a giddiness, like a happiness, like, oh my God, yeah, that feels so good. So that's another way to just check in with yourself and then start taking the steps that you need to take in order to transition out of this. And the other thing before we get to those practical steps is something really exciting about freelancing is that you get to do this anytime you need to do this. So think about before you were freelancing, if you didn't like who you're working with, your colleagues or who your manager was or whatever, or maybe you're just bored with the job or you're just kind of over it. It was such a big decision to have to leave that job. You had to make the decision to do it, figure out when to do it, give your two weeks, blah, blah, blah. Then you had to update your resume and your LinkedIn and do interviews. And yeah, and it's a, it's a much bigger deal if you want to move away from a situation that you're not happy in. But now that you're a freelancer, that doesn't exist anymore. You get to choose who you work with. You get to choose who you work for. You get to choose what you get to pay, what you get paid. You get to choose when you're done with something. And this is the best part. So let's take advantage of it. Let's not like, this is one of the top perks of freelancing in my mind that I get to choose what I want to work on. This actually will circle back around on this later on around like, um, I'm really interested in the concept of unschooling. And one of the big things around unschooling is just giving your children the freedom of association. So they get to choose who they want to be around or not be around. And I think that's such a powerful freedom is that we get to choose as freelancers who we want to be associated with. You don't have to go to work and sit next to that jerk every day or have to deal with that, you know, dramatic Debbie down in her, you know, not that we go to work anymore, but you know what I mean? (laughs) So I just, not that, that is, anybody goes to offices anymore no. <laughs> for right now. <laughs> exactly. But with all of that said, like maybe you've made the decision, you know, this person is not the right fit for you anymore for any number of reasons, but it still can be scary. You're going to lose that source of income. Maybe you feel like you're going to be disappointing them. Maybe someone referred you to work with this person and you don't want to make that person look bad. You don't want to burn bridges. And those are really legitimate feelings. So we just wanted to take a moment to remind you of sort of three, three points when you start to go down that line of thinking to just remind yourself of. The first one is that when you are serving a client that you're not aligned with for whatever reason, 
you are taking up a valuable slot of time that another perfect client for you could be using. So you are essentially denying the ability for someone else to be served by you, by your expertise. And that's a real bummer. And on the flip side, you're taking up a job that might be a great fit for a different freelancer to be working with that client. So just remember that, that all the time you're spending with this client that you're not really into, uh, you could be spending it with someone you are really wanting to work with. And the second point, Beth, jump in. Yeah. I just want to jump in real quick and, and, or maybe that, that maybe it's time for them to hire an employee into that role. And maybe that allows them a little uh, flexibility to reshuffle what's going on. You know, maybe you've been in that position for six months and they've been thinking, you know, maybe I want to actually hire somebody to do this in-house and, and work here permanently or whatever it is. And so you also give the other party some flexibility. Yeah, exactly. You just open the door and kind of see what happens. Um, the second reminder is what we've already talked about is that you know, you're wasting your precious energy on this client versus saving it for yourself, building your business, for your other clients, for your family's needs, for your needs, for a ton of other things that you could be spending your time and energy on. Um, we as parents especially have to be so careful with how we spend our time and energy because we have so little of it. <laughs> yeah. And to spend it on someone that we don't really want to be spending it with is not like, that's not okay. We can't keep doing that to ourselves. So um, just don't forget about that. And then the third one is when you're thinking about, you know, some of these fears is that you can do this in a professional way. It doesn't have to be drama. It doesn't, you don't have to burn a bridge. It doesn't have to be some big deal. In fact, I have found that um, we oftentimes can create a much bigger situation in our head out of something than it ever really needs to be. And all you just have to, you just have to have a, it's really all it comes down to is the con one conversation and then some, some points of transition and then it's done. And it's like, you can build it up to be such a dramatic thing in your own head. And it, and it really doesn't even ever usually pan out to be like that. <laughs> so. Yeah. And then you finally have the talk and you're like, oh, that was easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why was I dreading that? Yeah. I mean, clients are just human beings, just as we are. And, and most people want to, you know, have all the news, good and bad. You know, yeah, exactly. Someone's running a company. They, they just want to know where everybody is. They're, they've had people, they've hired and fired and done all of it. They've seen people come and go. And it's, it's not, you know, it, it, it's, part of, it's part of owning a business. So it's... Right. Don't, don't think, don't think that this is going to be like devastating for them. I mean, yeah. they will get over it. <laughs> yeah. You are replaceable. I hate to say that, but it's true. And I've, <laughs> I <know. laughs> I've dealt with that on my own self feeling so like, oh my God, what will they do if I leave? They're going to be so screwed. And it's like, no, they won't. You're yeah. wonderful, but they're, you are replaceable. Every single one of us is replaceable. Yeah. Every single and one so. of us has been replaced at different places that we've worked <laughs> yes, and, and life exactly. goes on in most yeah. cases. <laughs> so before we move on to the actual how and some of the mechanics of this, there's just two quick points that I want to make. The one is, and Beth already sort of touched on this earlier on, is that if you are working for a client who makes you feel uncomfortable or maybe they say weird things to you, or they're rude or degrading, or they don't treat you with respect, uh, it's time. It's time to end the relationship. You do not deserve that. No one deserves to be treated like that. And there's no room for that type of behavior in your life. 
Um, and so that is a really strong boundary that you're going to need to create for yourself because um, I know that that can be really hard, especially if maybe you're, you just have one client and they're bringing in all the money right now. Um, but there are a million other, there are seriously a lot of other clients out there who would love to be working with you and won't treat you like that. And so you don't deserve that. You should not be in that relationship and do whatever you can to take the steps to get out of it. Yeah. And also I, as I, I work in finance, so I have what I call my shadiness rule. So mm, yes. I, when I see people that are like, Hey, couldn't we just make this number say this or can't we? I'm like, no, <laughs> no. And if they persist, that's when I kind of just say, I, I, I have to be honest with you professionally. I can't engage in anything like this because I could really lose my, my whole business over this kind of thing. So sometimes they don't even understand why something's illegal or unethical or shady in some way until you explain it to them. And then they're like, Oh, I didn't understand that. I I'm here. I am asking you to do this thing. And I, Oh, oops. You know, so, so you can educate them if they persist, obviously you, you need to say, you know, I, I can't be associated with, with this. Yeah. And this is again, another topic, a topic for another episode, but, um, something we really want to get into further on down the line that I personally need to learn more about is just the importance of contracts and having stuff built in there so that you have outs along the way if stuff like this starts to happen. And, um, and I actually have some in mind that I want to bring on who specializes in contracts for small businesses and just the importance of them and, um, you know, how you can make one that's not a ton of legal mumbo jumbo, but it really, man, when you need a contract to fall back on, you really need it. And, um, they are very, very important. So we'll get into that later on. Um, the other thing we'll dive into in a future episode is, is, um, the concept of being able to try to weed out these clients before they even really get to this point. So we'll talk about sort of my red flags list. Beth, I'm sure has a red flags list certain things where you could have a one hour conversation and pick out five different things that you go, yeah, this is not going to be a, the, the right fit and trust that and go with that because you will find yourself here later on down the road and you know it. So just, um, we'll talk, we'll go in more in depth than that in a later episode, but yeah, that's definitely something that, you know, be preventative. We want to be preventative as much as we can. Mm-hmm. I call that the go, no go decision. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do I want to, do I even want to work, you know, what are the, what are, what am I seeing about this client and this, this project that, that doesn't hit me quite the right way and and make me feel a little uncomfortable and, or conversely, what do I love about this potential opportunity? And you just able to weigh all of the the factors and, and decide if that's what you want. Yeah, exactly. So we've covered the why. Let's talk about the when and how. And we've talked a little bit about the when, um, but it really differs depending on the situation and the agreement that you have in place. So ideally, you can find the right timing to do this. And that might mean that you need to wait another couple of weeks or a month. But once you've made the decision in your head that you're going to let this client go and that you've found the right opening for it, and you have the steps lined up to start to do that, you're going to be amazed at how great you feel that there is a light at the end of the tunnel of not working with this person or company anymore. I remember kind of recently I was um, just getting ready to 
um, clear the decks a little bit so that I could really focus on launching Kenza. And, um, you know, I just started feeling really excited about, I loved the clients I was working with, but I was excited about not working with them too. And it had nothing to do with them necessarily. It was just that I was excited to be pursuing something on my own and pursuing something that I was really passionate about, even if it's just for, you know, a short time while we get this ramped up. But, you know, you feel really good because it's like you feel reinvigorated for the relationship. But that's also something to be aware of because you might be tempted to think, maybe they're not so bad. Maybe I'm making a mistake. And my <laughs> advice to you is to don't trust that little voice, trust yourself, trust your intuition, your instincts. Remember why this client isn't working for you and go back to that moment where you close your eyes and you think about, oh yeah, it does feel really good when this person is not in my life anymore, or I get to take a break from this person. Remember that feeling so that you stick to your guns. Cause otherwise you'll just be right back in here like three months later, you know? And, and also <laughs> it's not even necessarily that person, but it's that work, that work, the person may be great. The work just may not be the right thing for you. Or it just may be too involved for where you're at in your life. You know, if, 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 a, if a client project is requiring you to do 20 hours a week of work and that's just not working with your lifestyle, then it just isn't, you know? And, it, yeah. and it's not anybody's fault. It's just, you know, doesn't work for you right now. Yeah, exactly. So let's assume you figured out when the right timing will be for you and your client. Um, perhaps it's at the end of a certain project you're working on in a month, let's say. So now what is the next step? Um, I have sort of three main steps that I would um, share. And it looks like Beth, I think, has a final most important step that she's going to add in too. Um, and so the first step is to just, again, get really clear on your why so that you can share that with your client. So I'm not saying this has to be really personal. And in fact, I would encourage you that less is more, but it's nice to be transparent with your client to a certain degree. So for example, um, when I was letting go of a couple of clients recently to focus on Kenza, you know, I let them know that I have a personal project that I'm really excited to be working on and I needed a little bit more time in my schedule to dedicate to that. And that was perfect. That was totally fine. That was my truth. I didn't have to get any more personal. I didn't have to say anything else about anything else. And, and they totally understood and respected that. And that way I'm not lying about anything that I have to like keep up with a lie. They can tell that I'm being truthful because I am. And so it's really important, I think, to get really clear on your why. So you know what you're going to be saying to your client when you talk to them about this. Do you have anything mm -hmm. you want to add to that? Well, um, I also, yeah. And, and um, yeah, you know, you can, you can, be honest about the work. Um, you can be honest about your personal situation. You know, I, I feel as if I need more time for X, Y, and Z, or, you know, however you feel comfortable talking with your client about this. And, and you know, we, we sometimes know them in different ways. Like, I, I know I used to have clients for like 10 years at a time, you know, and <laughs> you have a completely different relationship with someone you've been with that long than you do with someone you've worked with for three months. And so, you know, you can say, well, as you know, you know, this is happening in my life and this is happening in my life. And, and so I'm feeling like, you know, I, I used to have clients where I used to commute to their office and they were way over the hill and it would take an hour and a half to get there. And, you know, at some point it's like, you know what, for me, this kind of commuting just doesn't make sense for me anymore. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, and we didn't have the type of 
distance tools that we now have developed during the pandemic. <laughs> so, you know, now all of us can work remotely and there's no more excuses for driving anywhere. Um, but it could just be purely the logistics in your life, or it can also be, you know what, I, I think I came to work here because I thought I was going to be working on this one thing and I'm actually ending up working on this other thing. And that other thing that I'm ending up doing is really what, something I'm trying to get away from professionally. And so I keep, I, I'm being pulled back into a, uh, a professional uh, area that I'm not, that I'm moving away from, that I'm trying to eliminate from my repertoire. Therefore, I'd really like not to have to focus on that right now. And so I think it would be better, it would be best for us all if, if I were to move on, but I would be more than happy to help you find someone else and train yeah. and, be, and be available for questions for as long as you need me to be. Yeah. But, you know, and, and it's also nice when you can offer them a solution on your way out. You know, that way it's not like you're leaving someone in a lurch. You're saying, no, no, this is fine. I'm going to go, but I'm also going to help you do what you need to do to move to the next step. Exactly. And I will just say, too, that um, you don't have to say any of that either. Like, you right. should not feel obligated to give, give a reason. You don't have to have a reason. And sometimes truly less is more because let's say you're letting go of a client because you really can't stand them as a person. And you just really don't want to be working with that person anymore. Well, you, you need to be careful that you don't leave the door open to them being like, Oh, so you're saying that if we just go back to this other kind of work or what if you, could you do less hours? Would that make it better? Or what if we didn't commute in as much? You know, you don't want to leave that door open because now yeah. you're like, uh, 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 you know, don't get caught in a lie either. Cause that's not going to help anybody. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so do, do think, do think this through and, and do it in a way that's, that's kind, that's fair, that's, you know, representing your truth to the extent appropriate. I mean, exactly. And they don't need to know your entire, you know, the, the whole story, but right. feel comfortable telling them and also depends on your relationship with them. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, so step two. So step one is getting clear on your why and making it truthful and saying enough, but not too much. Um, step two is then to set up a time to talk. So this is something else I really encourage people to do in my course. Um, I have a whole video about how to have tough conversations with the client. And um, I just really encourage people as much as you can to just talk to the person. Do not send an email. Send an email as a follow-up, of course. Put it in writing. Uh, you know, I'm sure Beth is a big proponent of putting things in writing. I love it. It's great. And it saves your butt a lot of times. But a lot of times, just like you said earlier, Beth, like these are just humans. These are just other people in the world just trying to do what they got to do. And just have a conversation. If you are working with a client and you need to talk to them about something that might be a little touchy, or maybe it's something you know that is a little emotional for them, you know, maybe they're really attached to a particular project you're doing for some really personal reason or whatever. If it's something that you can sense might be a little bit touchy or a little bit tough or whatever, have a conversation, schedule a phone call, don't send an email. Because when you send an email about a touchy subject, you open the door for misunderstandings, misread tone, and it just, we, nobody needs any of that. So as much as you can, get on a call, make sure that you're not going to burn a bridge because someone misunderstood a sentence you wrote in an email. Like, that's just silliness, but that happens. Um, 
So yeah, so get on a call. That's step number two. Or see them in person if you can stay six feet apart, of course. <laughs> With a mask on. Always wear a mask. Uh, um, and then, yeah, the last other, the point under step two that I just wanted to also throw out there is, again, yeah, sending a referral their way um, or staying in touch or whatever you can to just make them feel really supported as you transition out. You always want to leave them with a good taste in, your, in their mouth about you. And that's a weird thing to say, but, you know, it's been said. So here we are. Um, <laughs> it's out there. You can't take it back. Um, <laughs> what, one, of, one of the things that um, I, I know you are a proponent of, Tiff, is uh, uh, following up after the conversation with an email. And I'd like to add piggyback on that a little bit and say, uh, follow up with an email and your final bill. Mm, mm-hmm. Two very point, important things. Yeah. Well, you don't want to leave someplace and never get your final bill paid. Um, and so I know for me, it's a little easier to get paid because I'm always in the accounting department. So sometimes I cut those checks myself. You know, I don't sign them myself, but I will sometimes print them for someone else to sign. Um, just, you know, do make sure that you're, that this is a good time to send someone your final bill. When you're, when you're having this transition conversation with someone, um, you know, or, or at least have the conversation about when could my final check be paid or, you know, they'll say, well, get me your final invoice by Tuesday or so we can get it in this week's check run or whatever it is, but, but you do, you do also want to wrap this up with, you know, not in a situation where you're getting uh, not paid by a client. Um, that yes. for anybody who was paying attention the other day, that that's what happened to me one time. And I ended up in a, in a big domino effect of financial consequences because a client just opted not to pay me. Um, yeah. So that, that, yeah. And really- that's, yeah, and that's one of the things, Beth, that I can't wait to pick your brain about that I think our listeners will really enjoy hearing is the other side of, of getting your bill paid. So as a freelancer, I send an invoice into some black box to a client's email address. You can fill us in on what happens after that. And oh, yeah. we, we had a conversation one time about how I really want to reiterate that most of the time, not all, but pretty much most of the time when you're not getting paid by a client on time, it's not personal. There's that you, if you can understand how the money is flowing, how invoices are paid, how checks are cut, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff inside of a company, which Beth is going to fully fill us in on, then you will start to understand what's going on behind the scenes. And then you can understand how to up your chances of getting paid when you need to get paid. Uh, a little hint is to make friends with the person cutting the checks. (laughs) The accounting people are completely uh, out of the the loop when it comes to the personalities. I mean, they're just doing their thing. They're they're things into the system and cutting checks and putting things into the system and cutting checks and presenting a stack of checks to some, the signer to sign. I mean, it's, there's nobody in the accounting department with an ax to grind usually remote from all the action that they're just, but it's just, you know, it's, it's administrative work is, is pretty much it. Yeah. So. In fact, when I start with a client, you know, we sign a contract or whatever, we have a big talk about money and, and invoices. And I ask them, you know, who on your team should I be communicating about invoicing with and getting paid? And a lot of times people don't think to ask that, but it's really Mm -hmm. important to know, oh, it's Susie over here is the one who cuts our checks. And then you can send Susie 
a lovely bouquet of flowers and chocolates and say, hi, I am the new freelancer here. Yeah, and, and, Pay and, attention and, to me. and send your W and I at the same time and she will be your best friend for life. Oh, that's right. Don't even make her ask for that W and I. Just slip <laughs> it right. right in there. That's right. That's right. Yeah, make so, sure you have yeah. all your paperwork in order and they will the, the accounting people will just leave you. That's right. So we kind of said step three, but you know, after you've had a talk, follow up on email. And one of the things that I like to do when I'm transitioning out is I like to do a little recap of all the work that we got done together. And I'll even do this, you know, if I've been engaged with a client for, you know, three or six months or something, and we've done a lot of work together. Um, I like to sometimes take a, a pause and just sort of look at everything we've done together because it's really easy to sort of get caught up in all of it or um, sort of lose sight of the fact that you guys set these goals at the beginning of a project or beginning of an engagement. And now not only have you accomplished them, but you've done a lot more. It's really good to, and it's not about like, oh, look at me, look how great. It's a story. I, I view it as a story. Like, I, it's been such a great experience working with you. Your company is off to some really great things. Um, I can't wait to see how X, Y, and Z plays out. I can't believe that we've done this, 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 and this, and this together. Like, look how far we've come. It's just been a real pleasure serving you guys. And I'm so excited we got to have this opportunity, you know, just ending it with like a thank you and a look what we've done. It's going to go a long way because a lot of us are referral based and mm -hmm. you would not want a relationship to have gone really well. And then because you just got weird or things got weird in the end to like end it in a weird way, you don't want that to happen. And you can be proactive about that. So this all is, you know, it all plays together and, and sending a follow up that tells them how much you've loved working with them, even if there's been things here and there can go a really long way. Yes, absolutely. And also keep, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the future. And down the road, you might want to work with somebody that they know, you know, it might turn out that your next client is, you know, their neighbor or their best friend or something. So you want to mm -hmm. make sure that, and especially if you live in a small community, similar to the one we live in, uh, everybody knows everybody. And you just really want to make sure that you're leaving any situation on very good terms and, um, one in which people would feel comfortable referring you. Sometimes also when you uh, go to work with a new client, they will also want to talk to some of your past uh, clients. So uh, be aware of that and be prepared, especially if you're a newer freelancer. People like me who've been around for 20 years, no, I, that never happens anymore. But, but when I was starting, that would definitely happen the first five years or so. People would just want to know what else I had done and who I had worked with. And so, it, yeah, especially if you're doing their finances, they want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Legit. Yeah. I mean, people have said, can we get a background check? Can we do that? I'm like, sure, whatever. Ask. It's all good. Let <laughs> no, me explain no, the felony, but you know, we'll talk about it. <laughs> it. It wasn't my fault. Okay. Okay. It was a misdemeanor. Okay. <laughs> I got it lowered to a misdemeanor after I served some time. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, in all seriousness, you know, you, you do just, you, you want to do your best work. You, you want to always feel as if your clients could get together in a room and talk about you behind your back and nobody, and they'd be bored after five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mine would say, 
she was uh she she really got stuff done that tiffany she she yeah. she gets stuff a, done she she gets stuff done <laughs> and if that's the worst thing they have to say then you're in good shape <laughs> so i think that pretty much wraps us up but just as a recap you know the common thread here is really protecting your energy um, and making sure that where you're spending your energy, um, emotional, mental, wherever it is, is really aligned with what you want for your life. And if a client is not aligning with that, you don't have to cut it off immediately and burn the bridge, but you should consider working towards a transition out of that relationship and know that it's okay. We all go through this, this happens. And as you get deeper into this, you will get better at knowing the clients that you should have probably never engaged with in the first place. And you will start to feel less afraid of maybe turning down work and you'll really hone in on that red flags list or go, no go list, whatever you want to call it. So that it will get better and it will get easier and you will feel more confident with it. But even with all of that, you will still need to do this. And then the other things we talked about are sort of the three steps of really actually doing this is to get clear on your why. So you can share that with your client, set up a time to talk and then follow up in an email and end it in a really nice way and make sure that you understand how and when you're getting your final bill paid. Um, because if you transition out with a client and you haven't gotten your final bill paid, it starts to get every day that goes by, every week that goes by, it's going to get harder and harder and harder and just weirder. And we don't need that. We don't need that. Yeah. And hopefully you've stayed friends with that accounting person and they left and you can just call them and say, Susie, I'm not working here anymore. And I do have a final invoice. And, you know, most of the time that the, that person who went to bat for you the last bunch of times will continue to, because again, the accountants are, they're, they're not caught up in any of the drama usually. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even if there is drama, they're, the accountants are usually out of, right out of it, you know, so. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else before we wrap up that you want to share? Any little nugget of wisdom? Any little Beth saying or anything? <laughs> no pressure. No, I, I think I think we might have exhausted all of my, my clever witticisms for the day. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your insights, Beth, as always. And uh, to all of our listeners out there, please be sure to follow us at Kenza Collective on Instagram. Go to kenzacollective.com and sign up for our newsletter as we gear up to release so many awesome resources, free and um, mini courses and full courses. We have so much in the works for you guys. We just have so much. And Beth and I are working really hard to stay focused. We, we both have clients we're still serving, so we're doing that. And then we also are carving out time and space and, and energy and all those things to create uh, resources that are going to serve you so if there's something you need specifically we want to know again go to our website find us on instagram and let us know what's on your mind have a great day everybody